Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 94. Seattle welcomes new faces. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Welcome back. This week we have more XFL news. In addition, offense alignment Jarvis Courtney Sr. joins the show to discuss his journey and XFL showcase experience. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On September 11th, Wyatt Yearout shared on his ex, formerly known as Twitter account, the following. Career update. Excited to share that I have taken the role of Director of Communications at the Seattle Sea Dragons, marking my return to my beloved home state of Washington. Can't wait to embark on this exciting journey in the XFL. On September 13th, Pro Football Newsroom journalist James Larson reported a significant shift in XFL assistant coaches' contracts. Larson posted the following on his ex, formerly known as Twitter account. Sources. The XFL is moving their assistant coaches to seasonal roles, as opposed to full-time. Expecting to see some personnel turnover within XFL organizations ahead of the 2024 season as some coaches will likely look elsewhere for employment. On September 14th, Seattle Sea Dragons head coach Jim Hazlitt participated in an online meet-and-greet with Sea Dragon fans. Per the mayor of the XFL, Van Hurst X, formerly known as Twitter account, during the meet-and-greet, Coach Hazlitt confirmed the retirement of June Jones from the team staff. Hazlitt also announced the hiring of former Washington State Cougars head coach Nick Rolovich as the offensive coordinator in Seattle. As I have previously mentioned, we will now be joined by offense alignment Jarvis Courtney Sr. to discuss his football journey and XFL showcase experience. Welcome, Jarvis. I appreciate taking the time to come on to the show to discuss your football journey and XFL showcase experience. Appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. You, sir, have a very interesting journey, and I believe this is just the tip of the iceberg that I may have come across. Okay, so it's not that we know each other previously or anything but when we were able to start interacting through direct messenger i realized really quick that most football players have played at some level of college football whether it be 
you know, big time division one, power five, or just division one in general, division two, division three, NAIA, JUCO, you name it, right? Just college football. The road you have traveled is significantly different. All right. So I have noticed you attended Lewisburg College, Virginia Coast Academy for a semester each, had some ties with the football programs, however, never played. So this is going to be a first for this show. We've never Mm -hmm. had somebody that is playing football, but didn't play the college game. So we'll get into this. So I, I believe it's very beneficial for our listeners. If we kind of rewind it a little bit and get your backstory to provide everyone with a better understanding of who you are as a person, a player. So can you walk us through how you were introduced to football? And how different your college experience was compared to the vast majority of other professional football players. Well, uh, like you said, my name is Jarvis Courtney from Lexington Park, Maryland. Well, I was introducing the football because my older brother played football at one point until he had stopped. And then um, I played Pop Warner. I played football all through high school. And I was selected for the All-Star game in high school. Didn't get any scholarships or anything like that to play college football. I didn't have that much film from my high school. I don't know if a lot a lot of y'all are aware of, like, it's called Huddle, where, you know, your highlights can go on there and they can send it out to coaches and everything like that. But I don't know if my coaches and them did that, but I didn't get no uh, any opportunity with any colleges or whatever. So I was home just working everything like that, and I did have a trainer, was training with him because I knew I was eventually going to go somewhere and play football. So I got in contact. This was around like 2018, though, when I got in contact with this college coach. It was a defensive coordinator that reached out to me because I had my Twitter page and everything like that and asked me uh, what position did I play or whatever. And I told him I played offensive line and defensive line. So they invited me out there to their homecoming game and everything like that. And they were saying like, yeah, we want you and everything like that. So I started filling out the application to get accepted to the school, did that, got accepted. Pack bags and I'm gone. So once I get there, you know, I'm getting my class and stuff situated. And here it is. I see the defensive coordinator come up to me. He was like, how you doing? And I was like, just I'm I'm ready, you know, ready to start playing again or whatever. And he was telling me that I had to go down there and talk to the head coach. So, you know, I went down and talked to the head coach and everything like that. And, you know, I introduced myself, where I'm from and everything like that. And at the time I was 23. And the head coach was like, uh, yeah, you're too old. You can't play for us. I'm like, what? I'm too old? Like, I know guys that's 25, 26 playing in junior colleges right now, and they get transferred to D1 schools. So I'm like, I'm too old. I'm 23. He was like, yeah, it's, it's your best bet just to stick to the books or whatever. And then he told me that I won't get recruited by no other college scouts or anything like that. And it, basically, he just shot it down. I'm like, dang, like. So I did all this to come out here to get shot down, basically. So, you know, I called my mom. I was like, man, I don't think this is going to work. Like, I'm ready to come back home, whatever. She was basically saying, like, no, just, you know, get your education and everything like that. I said, yeah, I understand it. But my main reason of coming out here was to play football and pursue my dream. And um, so I did that. I stayed there for a semester. And then uh, this coach from Virginia Coast Academy had reached out to me. And was asking me, do I play with anybody or anything like that? I said, well, I don't play with anybody right now, but I'm at Lewisburg College in North Carolina. 
he was like, uh, how would you feel if you came down here and uh, worked out with us or whatever and get, uh, play for our team? I was like, you know, uh, okay. So I looked up, you know, that stuff or whatever, and it looked legit. So semester go by. I'm transferring, doing all this other paperwork. I go down into that school. I'm moving in and everything like that. Come to find out, it was a scam. All the players there got scammed. Every player there got scammed. So we was putting in money to get our jerseys and helmets and everything like that. And come to find out, it's all a scam. So I'm basically stuck at square one again. So I leave there. I go back home. You know, I start working at Walmart and I'm still training and working on everything like that. So I get to post my workout videos and stuff like that. Then I get a message from the West Virginia Rough Riders Arena Football. So um, the GM, Greg Fenario, he reached out to me and was like, um, we're hosting these workouts, but you have to pay a $60 fee. So I'm like, okay. So I go there, pay the $60. I mean, I turn up at this workout, you know, it's just, I'm bringing that energy, you know, the, the players that's coming from different states, like they feeling my energy, like everybody hype off of me or whatever. So I, I get done with that work. I'll go back home. Not even what, three or two days, I get a call from him. It was like, yeah, we want to let you know that you made a team or whatever. So I go out there, I start playing with them and everything like that. Then I get released the fifth game of the season because an NFL guy, I can't remember his name, but an NFL guy, he got cut. And they picked him right up and they released me and like three other rookies, I guess, to free up space for him. And so soon as I got released, I got picked up that following week by um, the Wenatchee Valley, the Skyhawks out in Seattle. So I was playing out there. I won like the second team offensive lineman out there. And we lost with the second round in the playoffs. Then I get picked up by a higher league in the CIF, Solana Liberty out in Kansas. So I'm out there playing with them and the COVID hit and that's sending everybody home because they're canceling so many leagues, you know. So I'm back home still doing the same thing, training and everything like that. And they end up going back to the salon delivery the following year and I get cut in preseason. So after that, I get I get picked up again that following week by Wichita Force, which is in Kansas. And I'm out there just dominating. And I'm just putting on my film and everything like that or whatever. Hopefully someone sees it to get a workout or something like that or whatever. And I just feel like it wasn't my time at the time. You know, I I was getting discouraged a little bit, but I was just, you know, at the same time, just keeping the faith, keeping my head, keeping my head high, whatever, just trusting the process. And then um, after that season, then I'm back home and I'm just working. But I've never stopped training. I've never stopped. Speed and agility training, conditioning training stream training. I'm just doing everything. And then I get to seeing all these other new leads coming up and, you know, I'm sending out just posting families, tag, tagging everybody. And it's still nothing. It's just kind of hard for me because like, like you said, my story is different. So it's like, who wants to take a shot with this guy that, you know, I just feel like they look at it like no cause experience, but like football is football. If you built for it, you built for it. And I'm built for it. You know, I played against guys that played in the NFL that was in the arena league. Like, I dominated. I played against guys that played D1 football, Alabama, Duke, Clemson, in the arena league, and I dominated. Like, everybody don't have that opportunity. You know, everybody's story isn't the same. But make a long story short, I got invited to these showcases with the XFL. I had a showcase out there in Atlanta, Georgia. I went out there and I did my thing. And... I got invited again 
at the showcase in uh, Maryland University, which is an hour and a half from me, my hometown. And I went out there and, you know, I dominated. So it's, it's basically we playing a waiting game right now, but like I haven't been more ready. So why don't we kind of rewind this here a little bit? Let's look back at your arena or indoor experience, okay? Because mm-hmm. it is a different brand of football. And I yeah. know I say this all the time when I bring a guy that has arena or indoor experience because being an outdoor guy, there's a transition to go to the indoor game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not something that anybody's used to playing. Yeah. Even eight-man football for high schools, it's different than going into you know the arena. It's a shorter field. Mm-hmm. There's you know, boards. Everything is just different about it. You know, you got players in motion in ways that are not. I mean, it all depends on what league, what rules. So no two leagues are identical anyway, even in the arena game. Yeah. So by looking at that, what has the arena or indoor version of the game done for you as a player? Where has it impacted your skill sets? Where has it strengthened you or made you more aware of things that you weren't before now that you think that could benefit you by transitioning back to the outdoor, more traditional game of football? Arena football is fast paced. Outdoor football is, like I said, like you don't have the men coming in motion like this going upfield, you know what I'm saying? Because that's false starts. It's fast paced. And then me playing offense alignment is three down offense alignment and three down defense alignment. So you one-on-one every time. You can't get no help from nobody. We're not double-teaming nobody. It's just you and your man one-on-one the whole entire game. It's either you get beat or you win. And for the outdoor football, you're getting help, you know, could be from a guard or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get help in arena football. It's just basically you by yourself. And like I said, it's fast-paced. The field is shorter. You know, the field is it's, it's a lot tighter. You got people getting knocked over walls and stuff like that. And if you look at my film, I did a lot of that, knocking defense linemen and, and linebackers over walls. But it's just, it really helped me with, I could say, you know, me being very alert and just me always being on the edge for, you know, what's to come. So what does that do for, like, your conditioning? I'm just curious because, obviously, I've never played it. Does it improve it significantly? I mean, compared to the outdoor game? I'm just curious. How does that impact that aspect? It definitely did because how I train, me and my trainers, like everything is fast-paced. You know, we circuit train. We don't have that much time. We don't break. You know, we got an hour and a half workout. And once we get in there, I take water, and it's just we hitting it. Consistency. And it's just like nonstop and we don't have a break. So I feel like that I have advantage once I get back outside because I'm not winning. I'm not gas. You know, if, you know, a lot of players, they gas because it's like, you know, they just stuck with, they always been outside and they've been stuck with that. To me, I went to indoor, which is a lot quicker. Now I'm outside, which is a lot slower. You know, I'm not saying slow, but you, you understand what I'm saying. This is different. I get it. I mean, it's not to prop one up or one down. Just yeah. there are fundamental differences in, you know, to ignore them is being disingenuous to mm-hmm. the game. There's this term that's used all the time, the football ecosystem. Yeah. Right? And 
we can get caught up in the national football. We can get caught up with just traditional college football, whatever it is. But there's so much more to the ecosystem because it's not just being drafted or signed mm-hmm. as a undrafted rookie free agent. And on a team, there's people that are in and out of the active rosters, whether it's the practice squads. There's some guys that may not be in the National Football League for two years one way or another, but somehow find their way in. So there needs to be a place for these mm-hmm. players like yourself to find a place to play for the meanwhile. It's not like, okay, if I didn't get drafted out of college, it's over. There's players that are still back and forth, and we see it still in their late 20s, early 30s, still making it back into National Football League squads. So mm-hmm. for years, it was the arena and indoor game that absorbed that because we haven't had viable alternative or supplemental leagues, right? There's a different terms that people use for them. Like Uh the XFL, USFL, Canadian Football League has always been there. And it took a while for other leagues to really start blowing up like the ELF. And even Mexico has really seen an insurgence or uh, an increased interest in football. And more programs are popping up, especially their collegiate programs. Uh But when you look at it, it makes sense to see what that type of game is impacting. Because we even see the, the XFL and the IFL now have a partnership that they Obviously, just had their own combine back on August 4th. So they're, the leagues like XFL are still looking at the indoor game, whether it's indoor football league, whether it's the NAL, whether it's you know these other leagues that you've played in, mm-hmm. C- the CIF and all these other leagues. Keep it. We got the a- AFL coming back. I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. I mean, there's just a plethora of arena and indoor leagues. So there's a ton of players still playing their trade. So I know I just kind of went on a tangent, but it's important, I think, to kind of find it out because if it wasn't important, those teams leagues wouldn't exist, right? I mean, people wouldn't be putting money up to own franchises and operate franchises to pay the salaries or the travel expenses and everything that goes into the equipment Mm -hmm. and are invested enough because they're going to these games. So long story short, that's what you've done. You got yourself into a showcase, not one, two, you know, you participated in the Atlanta showcase on June 18th. And the Washington, D.C. showcase on, was it, July 9th. Again, most players are lucky to take part in one showcase where you were blessed with two showcase opportunities. So let's just try to take them, you know, one at a time here. Let's look at the Atlanta showcase because that was the first one. I know people apply. They fill out their registration. And with someone like yourself that didn't have a typical college resume to go on there, probably was mm-hmm. like a red flag to whoever's going through your yeah. registration application. You know, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. Start going through. You had no CFL, USFL, NFL experience. So you were strictly a product of the arena and indoor game. Can you walk us through what it meant to you when you knew you were accepted and you knew you were going to be participating in that? Because I can imagine it was just like, whew. You know, weight off your shoulders a little bit. Again, one opportunity. So can you walk us through what it was like to find out that you were going and then kind of just walk us through your experience at the Atlanta showcase. Then we can talk about the uh, Washington, D.C. showcase afterwards. Like I said, a lot of the drills that we did at the Atlanta showcase, I've been training for years for that. So when I went there, the only thing different was it was the XFL, but the drills wasn't new to me. Like, I've installed them drills, and I've done it 
basically with my eyes closed throughout the years. So when I got there, it was just, you know, I was just thanking God and just like, it was a huge blessing for me, but not just for me, for my son, you know, because that's why I do what I do. I, I fight for him. And when I was there, I just, it was just like me by myself all over again. I didn't see competition. When I was on the field, I just picture it's just me and I'm back at training again, you know, but now I got scouts and these other teams watching me. So I got to be the best I can be out there. And when I was out there, like I put on a show and I'm just praying that someone really lock in on me because when they do, they going to know I'm in business. They going to see. You mentioned you put on a show. Were you satisfied with how you did at each of the drills? Your performances? I mean, because some people say they don't know what their numbers are at the time. Did I, it feel like you, excuse me, that you did well? Did you find out what your numbers were? Did, do you feel like it was a good representation of yourself? I feel like I would never be satisfied until I win. I get that. I would that makes sense. Even if the times and everything is, is, is perfect, I would never be satisfied until I win. And like I'm, and I told a lot of the coaches that were there, you gonna see me, and I'm trying to tell you, I will win. <laughs> In Atlanta, did you have interactions with any of the XFL coaching staff, personnel staff? Did did, did you have any one on ones? Any just where somebody might have made comment to you coming through on a drill, a little quick coach here or there, or um, anything it, like that? Uh, I've talked with one of the DC defenders coaches. Coach Hutchinson, I spoke with him. I basically told him, I said, man, all I need is an opportunity. Like, I'm here. You know, I'm here. Like, I, if I didn't think I could fit in, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would never took the time to come out here. I don't even like airplanes, you know? But, like, I, I'm betting on me. Like, I believe in myself that I can get the job done. Let's fast forward now to the Washington, D.C. showcase in July. You know, you have a second opportunity. So it's like, all right, you're probably competitive, like whether it's with other people or yourself. Was this kind of like, I now have to really dig deep and do better than the last one? Because I mean, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Or else, what's the purpose for being there if you thought you couldn't do better? So did that live up to your expectations coming into the DC showcase? Do you feel like that was a good representation or a better representation of yourself? Honestly, I feel like it was a better one because I was prepared for the Atlanta one, you know, but it was, I think it was like two drills that I I, I haven't done before. So when, after Atlanta one, I came back home and I spoke with my trainers and everything about that certain drill. And, you know, once I got invited to this one, I just knew I was like, okay, I'm going to DC and I'm going to turn it up. Like I'm going to turn it up and they're going to see like, okay, you know, cause I know they, watch the film and everything like that from the from the Atlanta one. So they're going to see this and they'll be like, okay, yeah, he turned this one up this time. So I just locked in. And when I went in there, it was basically a cakewalk for real. And, you know, like I said, like, I'm really that type of player that, you know, that's always going to bring that energy to a game. I don't care if it's home or away, wherever it is, I'm going to bring that energy and I'm going to dominate. And the guys was telling me afterwards, it was like, man, like, Big bro, like, you can move. I said, man, it's just everything I'm doing is just for my son. Like, I got to win so I can make his path straight. That's my goal. I get it. You have a second opportunity. You get a second chance at more interactions with coaching staff, personnel, 
any new or continued interactions at the Washington, D.C. showcase. Same coach and Coach Barlow, the head coach, you know, I spoke with them both. And um, like I told him, man, I, I I kept it short. It's like, I'm not trying to talk nobody head off, but like, coach, like, let me come in and block for your quarterback. Like, let me show you that I can get the job done. Like, give me that opportunity of a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, if any team give me the opportunity and they bring me in, the other team's going to pay for it because they should have been the ones that gave me the opportunity. So now they got to pay for it. I understand you're still waiting. We've seen other players make it to the combine out of the showcases. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for you. Mm-hmm. You've seen other players get their rights acquired. They don't have contracts, but their rights have been acquired You know, through that combine and whatnot. So you're still on the outside looking yes, for that sir. opportunity. And I don't know what coaches were at each of these particular showcases that you're at or what personnel members were there. Mm-hmm. So let's just... Let's just take a moment. If any of those XFL coaches or personnel staff members who were not in attendance at either Atlanta or Washington, D.C., but they were to tune into this episode, what would you like for them to know about you that makes you different from the other players and why they should offer you at least an invite or consider, you know, an invite to a workout or consider selecting you in one of the upcoming drafts i'm starving for opportunity man like a lot of people say they're hungry for it man i'm 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 starving for it man coming from where i come from like you people don't really make it out you know and um like down this way it's 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 a lot of shooting and killing everywhere you know but down here it's, it's it's bad and down uh where i'm from like i do coach you know 10 youth football team and, you know, everybody said they want to make it to the NFL and everything like that. But I'll be telling them, like, man, it's, it's it's hard because right now in my journey, like, I'm fighting to get in there. But I just want to show them, you know, that anything is possible. Just bet on yourself and believe in yourself that you can get the job done. But these coaches, man, I just want to tell them that, like, all I need is that opportunity. You know, I'm a people's person. I bring good energy. And I know teams like good energy in locker rooms. And I'm the type of person that we can be down in the fourth quarter, but I'm never going to give up or drop my head to anything. Like, we're going to come out on top. That's my mindset. I never strapped my helmet up to lose. My goal was to win every single time. I'm not going into no game to lose. I don't care who it is. We will not lose. And I just want them to see, like, to see that in me, like, you know, a lot of people, if they was in my shoes, I feel like they would have gave up because it's hard. Not playing college football, getting the opportunity to play arena football, dominate in arena football, and just still, you know, get overlooked because when they look at the resume, he don't have college experience. But I always train and work out because this is what it is. It ain't no plan B. Like I told my grandmother when she passed away that I was – before she passed, I was going to make it to the NFL, but she ended up passing away of cancer. You know, everything I stand by that, you know, almost losing my son last year with the RSV sickness almost took my son away from me. And I promised him, if you fight, I'm going to fight until the death of me. I won't stop. And whatever opponent is, is in front of me, he will lose. 
And it's not me being cocky. It's just confident because I'm confident in myself. I'm confident in the years that I put in to just get that opportunity to show them people like, don't overlook people because they didn't get the college opportunity. Everybody's story is different. Everybody's families don't have the finances to put their kids into school. But I will be the one to break that curse in my family. And I carry that on me. But they give me the opportunity, I promise you, they ain't going to regret it. They won't regret it. But them other teams that didn't, I promise you, they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it. I know you're grinding. I know it, right? I don't have to see you in person. I don't have to be shoulder to shoulder with you. I can see it on your X, which is now formerly known as Twitter account. You're posting things all the time. You're grinding. So what does your day typically look like? What are you doing for the time being, right? Because obviously you got to provide for yourself. You have a, you know, a family, a, you know, a child. Yes. So you're doing that, but you're also got these videos and everything you're posting. So you're working. So can you just kind of walk us through what you're doing to keep this dream alive to get that opportunity? Can you just walk us through what your day is like, you know, when are you working out? How much, how long are you working out? What does it consist of? Just kind of just walk us through all that good stuff. First thing I do is wake up, get my son ready for school, put him on the bus. And um, I do security, but I work in the afternoon. So the morning time is mine. I go to the gym. I go to the field. We training. We hitting it hard because, you know, like a lot of guys like in them coaches mind, I feel like they think that the cosplayers already got advantage on me. But you never want to underestimate your opponent like you don't underestimate me. We working. We working. Like Deion Sanders said, like, we coming. So when we get in there, like, we definitely going to take over. But um, like I said, I train in the morning and I work in the afternoon. So it's just a grind from when I put my son on a bus at 8 until it's time for me to go to work. I really don't have no free time because I like to be busy. I like to handle my business. So you're working out. Are you working out with other players? Are you working out with just people that are helping you? I have a trainer right now that train a couple of players, but I don't know them players' name off the top of my head. But his son played for the University of Nebraska. But right now his son is is about to be a UFC fighter. But his son played office lineman too. So, you know, he's giving me some tips. You know, his dad is giving me tips and we just we just running with it. You know, and I've learned a lot. I've definitely learned a lot from his son playing at uh, the University of Nebraska. Good deal, Jarvis. It has been a pleasure. And I truly appreciate your time and having you on the show and just you sharing your football journey and XFL showcases experiences. Because it's more than one experience is, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I wish you the best of health and luck because you know sometimes it doesn't hurt to have both if you're fortunate enough to play for an xfl team you have an open invitation to return to the show just to come back share how that is going and just discuss that experience w- with me and the listeners yes sir but before you go and give everyone their opportunity to Plug their social media accounts, anything else they got going on. Some people have some side businesses, some side hustles, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. So here's your opportunity to take a moment and let our listeners know where they can follow you and your continued journey. 
Y'all can follow me on my Twitter at Frank underscore Tank underscore 52. And my Instagram is Jarvis underscore Tank Courtney. Right. Perfect. Thank you, Jarvis. Yes, sir. What a journey. Jarvis continues the harder path, yet his commitment and outlook is unwavering. I can't imagine not rooting for him to succeed. I wish him the best in his quest to make it to the XFL. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.